0: Welcome to the Access Church Podcast. Today we're going to continue, actually conclude our series that we started a few weeks ago called Take It By Force. Now, the foundation of the the foundational scripture for this series is found in the book of Matthew, chapter 11, verse 12. And and here Jesus is, is giving a reality check to his disciples, he's helping them understand that when you when you choose or you decide to follow him, it's not always going to be easy. And to kind of give you some 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 uh, context to this passage of scripture, John the Baptist, at this moment in time, he is he has found himself in prison. Uh, he was imprisoned by King Herod for for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ for baptizing. And he finds himself in a very difficult place, a dark place, a place of of distraction, a place of discouragement, and a, and a place of doubt, and you know, and, and that happens to us sometimes when we're we're walking with God. We 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 go through situations, we go through through circumstances, and sometimes we'll find ourselves in 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 a dark place, of a place of doubt or a place of discouragement, and and so when you read this passage of scripture, just to know that a, a few chapters before. John the Baptist is having this this mountain uh, peak moment. This is the crowning moment of his ministry when Jesus shows up to get baptized by him in the Jordan River. And he has this revelation. He looks at Jesus and he says, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He had that moment. He, he knew with, 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 with such clarity that, that Jesus was the Messiah. And he, he, he announced it, you know, he irrevocably, he announced it that this is the Messiah, that he is the Lamb of God. But now just a, a few chapters over, life happens and he finds himself in, in a difficult place. He finds himself in a place where he's Isolated where he's down, and all of a sudden he begins to doubt what what he already knew. He begins to doubt what what God had already showed him, and so he sends a, a messenger to Jesus. And the messenger from from John says, "Are you really the Messiah? Are are you are you the one, or should we wait for another?" Now it almost seems in in direct contrast to what he just previously announced. And so Jesus takes this teaching opportunity for his disciples to let him know, to let them know that that in this life there's going to be afflictions. When, when you choose to follow God, it's not always going to be easy. So he has this reality check moment with the disciples and he tells them from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence and the violent Take it by force. So, what? And essentially, what Jesus is saying here is that the the kingdom of God has opposition, and that there is an opposition force in this world, always trying to deny, to delay, or derail. All that God has planned for you, and and if we are going to lay hold or take hold of everything that God has for us in 2023, you've got to know that it's not going to be easy. Every time the kingdom of God uh, decides to expand, there's always going to be opposition. In fact, we we have an adversary. You know the word Satan is is not a name it's actually a function it's a de- de- job description satan means adversary so satan's job every day is to get up and oppose it's to get up to to push back to uh, against everything that god wants to do for you but like i've previously said previously said that anything that god has declared over your life there is nothing or no one that can stop it but you've got to understand that those things are not going to come easy. When God speaks words of promise, of blessing, of expansion of your life, the enemy does not want you to possess God's promises and God's purposes for your life. But in order for you to possess the promise, it's going to require... An equal response to the opposition. In other words, if the if the devil unleashes a level six attack, you can't come back with a level three or a level four. You've got to come back with something that's even as strong or even stronger than than the enemy. And that's why Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. And 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 we have been been paralleling and contrasting the the children of Israel here in Joshua chapter 1 with with all of this series and and so just to kind of give you some background context the children of Israel had been slaves in Egypt for 400 years and then all of a sudden through uh, god's power and the leadership of Moses they are delivered divinely and supernaturally from their slave masters, and they go into this season, this process of wandering in the desert for 40 years, all with the expectation of one day getting to the promised land, getting to that land where that God promised all the way back to Abraham, that land that God said would flow with milk and honey, a land that that, that they would make their own. And so here in, in Joshua chapter 1, We find the children of Israel, they are now on the banks of the Jordan River. Just a a, a few, a a few kilometers away from from possessing the promise just a few kilometers away from from stepping into uh, into that land of promise that place that, that God had had prepared for them but but here they are and all of a sudden Joshua finds himself in in a season of transition that season of of transition what we called a few weeks ago the meantime where you're not where you were but you're not exactly at your destination you're not where where God has called you into. And that's always a very difficult time. That's always a, a difficult time. And that seems to be when the enemy will do whatever he can to, to bring distraction. And because he knows that once you get distracted, you can become discouraged. And then ultimately, you become disconnected. And 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 that's his pattern. That's his MO. That's how he operates. And he will always attack you in your most vulnerable moment. And so here Joshua is in this transitional season he 's in this place of where he is now assuming a new leadership role. Moses has just died and, and Joshua is here and, 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 and God is preparing Joshua God is preparing Joshua for what he 's about to face. Now oftentimes we read these passages and we read these stories, not realizing that these are real people with real feelings with real emotions and imagine you here you are Joshua. You're being charged and challenged to succeed Moses. Now, Moses was the man. Moses was the man that God used to bring the Israelites out of Egypt. He's the one that, through Moses, that brought the ten plagues and and got them to cross the Red Sea and got water to come out of the rock that had manna come down from heaven. This is Moses that that God had a face-to-face encounter with him. And now here Joshua is being challenged to step up and say, Moses is dead. But now, Joshua, I have chosen you. Now, now, just one thing I've learned about leadership is that most leaders do not feel qualified to whatever God has called them to. And, and, and let me tell you, if you think that you're it and you think that you have what it takes, then I would question the quality of your leadership acuity. Look it up. I would, I would challenge you to really take an honest look at yourself to feel if you're really qualified. Because one thing that I, I've learned from, from studying all kinds of high capacity leaders, whether it's in the marketplace, in corporate America, or in the ministry, most of the time when God calls you to something great, you don't feel like you're ready for it. You don't feel like, like, like you really have what it takes. In fact, remember Moses when he was on the backside of a desert and he has this amazing encounter with God and he's standing there in, in being, being spoken to by, by this, this flame that is upon this burning bush. And God is telling him, I'm going to use you. I'm going to send you back to Egypt and you're going to deliver my people. And Moses is like, but I, I can't even talk. I've got a stuttering problem. Are you sure you've got the right guy? Need I remind you that I'm on the top 10 wanted list of Egypt. I am a murderer. I am a fugitive on the run and you want to send me back to, to there? He didn't feel qualified. He didn't feel ready, and, and so imagine now Joshua is having to step into Moses's chakras. He's having to step into this leadership role that he doesn't necessarily feel like he's qualified. All this time he's been Moses's servant. He's been his assistant. He's been the helper. But now God is saying, "You know what? Now it's your turn to step up." So the first part of Joshua chapter one, God is reaffirming to Joshua, "I'm, I'm with you. I'm, 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 I'm the one that." called you i'm the one that chose you i know you may not feel like you're ready right now i know that you may not feel like like you're prepared enough i know that you you may not feel like you're qualified qualified enough that you're not good enough but i'm here to tell you that i am going to be with you just like i was with joshua just like i was with moses And so here he is, he's standing on the banks of the Jordan River, which seems like an amazing obstacle because he has to cross the river. And see, one thing that I've come to learn a lot of times when you're in that moment of transition, what you perceive as opposition, God is actually looking as an opportunity. Joshua's is looking at this Jordan River like, there's no way I can cross this. There's no way. I don't feel qualified. I can't step up and take Moses' shoes. I can't fill his place. I can't do this. Are you sure you got the wrong guy? Let me tell you, when God called me to do Access Church, I was like, God, I think you missed uh, I think you meant somebody else. I don't feel qualified. I don't feel like I'm ready. I don't feel like I have what it takes to be a lead pastor, much less lead two congregations and two campuses at one time. God, I've never done this before. And see, a lot of times you're in that place of transition and you're looking at the Jordan River. You're looking at this obstacle and you think it is an opposition, but it's actually an opportunity. Why? Why did God put him there at the Jordan River? Why did God call him? Because God wanted to, show him in that moment that the same way I was with Moses, the same way I got him to cross the Red Sea, I'm going to show you that I'm with you, that you have what it takes. So this river is not just opposition. It's an opportunity for me to show you that I am with you and you have whatever you need to possess the promise. It's all about perspective a lot of times. A lot of, we're looking at the river like it's opposition. And God's like, dude, it's not opposition. It's an opportunity to show how great I am in you. It's an opportunity for me to show you that I am with you, that I have called you, and I have chosen you. And you're complaining about the opposition. And God's like, that's not opposition. It's just opportunity. And so here they are. And God is telling them, God is preparing Joshua. See, because one thing that I've come to learn is that you will never possess what you do not prepare for. So the title of my message today is Prepare to Possess. Preparing to Possess. To possess. You've got to prepare. So what does God do? God is preparing Joshua. Now, Joshua, being the conduit of God's command, turns around and he tells the people that they need to prepare. See, you've got to prepare to possess. You will never possess anything that you are not prepared for. Look at what it says in Joshua chapter 1, 10 and 11. It says, and Joshua commanded the officers of the people pass through the midst of the camp. In other words, spread the word. And command the people, prepare your provisions for within three days, you're about to cross over this Jordan to take in possession the land that the Lord God is giving you to possess. See, in order for you to possess the promise, you've got to prepare. And you will never possess what you're not prepared for. And so God is telling Joshua, you guys are right there. You're you're, you're at the point of breakthrough. Now let me tell you is that when you're at that moment of breakthrough, when you're about to, to, to manifest your miracle, when you're about to possess your promise, let me tell you that's where the enemy comes with his greatest opposition. That's where the enemy will attack you at every level and from every angle because he knows that you're about to step into it. And so here Joshua and the people are getting prepared because God knew that they were about to face giants that they have never faced before. So he's preparing them, and Joshua tells the people, You've got to prepare. See, in scripture, we find the pattern of preparation because God is a preparer. God prepares places and he prepares his people all to accomplish his purposes. He prepares places and he prepares people all to accomplish his purposes. And oftentimes, he will be pairing the place of your purpose while he's preparing you so god is god is a preparer we, we see it from the very beginning in the creation narrative before he created the fish what did he do he prepared the sea before he created the birds he prepared the sky before he created the, the land he, before he created the animals he prepared the land before he created us he prepared the world god is a preparer and god will always prepare uh, uh, ahead of time God prepared Moses in the palace. God prepared Joshua while he was serving Moses. See, oftentimes you don't realize that while you're serving, God is really preparing. That's why it's so important to serve. See, Joshua didn't understand that he wasn't in school. He didn't go to seminary. He didn't take all of the Bible classes. All he was doing was serving, but he didn't know while he was serving, God was preparing him. God God knew that he had a plan. God knew that he had a purpose, so God was preparing Joshua while he was serving Moses. God prepared Joseph in the pit, the prison, and then in Potiphar's house. God pre- prepared Daniel in the pit and the palace. God prepared David in the field, in the palace, and then in the cave see god will always prepare you for your purpose and that's what we call the process remember i always say that the process will prepare you for your promise there will never you will never possess the promise without going through the process so god will prepare you and and one thing you've got to understand is that your purpose is as individualistic as and since your divine purpose is so distinct so will your process be. You, your process will never look like someone else's. And oftentimes, people delay their process of preparation because they end up comparing their process to someone else's. But since your purpose is different, let me tell you that your process will be different. And people get caught up comparing their process, but your purpose is different, so your process will be in. You, we, you get caught up thinking like, man, why God, why are you doing it that way with them? And why are you not Blessing me. Why are you not opening that door? Why am I going through this and they're not going through that? Why? It's because your purpose is different and because your purpose is different, so will your process. But God will prepare you. He's a preparer. He will prepare you internally, but you need to prepare yourself externally. See, God will do only what he can do, but God will never do for you what he knows you can do for yourself. And see, that's the problem. A lot of times we think that God's going to do all the work for us, that God gives us a promise, that God says, I'm going to bless you. God says, I'm going to take you to the nations. God says, I'm going to take you places. And we think that it, it, it's, all we have to do is just sit back and let it come, that we don't have to work, that we don't, we don't have to do anything. But no, God will call you to your purpose. He will prepare you for your purpose. But you also have to prepare yourself to be able to possess your promise. God will only do what you can't do. And anything that's in you to do, you have to prepare yourself. In fact, when God called Noah to build the ark, what did Noah have to do? He had to prepare. Could you imagine if Noah, God said, I'm going to make it rain and I'm going to make it flood. And you're going to build an ark. And Noah sat on his lazy boy watching ESPN. Waiting for the trees to cut themselves down. No. He was called to a purpose. But he didn't just wait for God to do all the work. What that meant is that he had to go sharpen his axe. He had to get his boys, say, boys, we've got to build this big ark. It's going to take a lot of wood. I want you to be here at 6 in the morning because we're about to chop down some trees. Noah had to prepare. Joseph had to prepare. Joseph was the dreamer. Joseph was going to do great things. See, a lot of times we don't understand that when his father gave him a coat of many colors, we thought it was just because he was the... Sentido that he was he was the favorite. No, what was that? That was a That was part of his preparation process. Why? See, what Joseph actually got was a robe of royalty. And see, God was preparing him for one day when he would walk in the castle. He would knew how to walk. He would knew how to talk. He would knew how to act in in the midst of royalty. He had to prepare. Joseph had to prepare. Daniel had to prepare. David had to prepare. Even out in the field. Imagine if David would not have prepared himself out in the field. His dad calls him to take some tortas to his brothers at the battlefield. And there's this big, ugly, nine-foot giant mocking Israel and mocking God and mocking his brothers. And David shows up. And he's like, I'm going to take him out, but let me go practice. I'll be right back. No. No. Why was David ready for the opportunity? Why was David ready to take out Goliath? Because when he was out in the field, there was no audience. There was no cheering. There was nobody. It was just him and a bunch of stinky sheep. But there he was. He was preparing. He was practicing. He was preparing. So when that opportunity came for him to step into his destiny, remember I told you oftentimes what we see as opposition, it was actually opportunity. The children of Israel saw opposition, but David saw opportunity to reach his promise. Thank you to all five of you who clap. They thought it was opposition. And that's why David shows up and says, hey, what what, what is the king going to give to the guy that takes that joker out? And his brother's like, David, there you go, being your crazy self again. No, this is not for you. Go back to those little sheep. He's like, you don't know, but I've been practicing and I've been preparing. When the lion came, I took out the lion. When the bear came, I took out the bear. When the wolf came, I took out the wolf too. I literally ripped the lion's jaw with my bare hands. I'm prepared for this. That's why when everybody else saw opposition, David saw opportunity. See, and I think that's that's where we're at. When we fail to prepare, we will mistakenly see the opportunity as opposition. That's pretty good. Thank you. You get a raise. You get a raise. (laughs) Could you imagine for a moment... David having to fight Goliath and not be prepared. That, oh, let me go practice, let me go pray. And, and see, that's why a lot of times we, we miss out on possessing our promise, is because we're not preparing. In fact, Paul tells Timothy to prepare. Paul says, I, I I've blessed you, I've anointed you, I've circumcised you. Sorry about that. I had to do it. But then he tells Timothy, my son. Study to show yourself worthy. Study to show yourself approved. You know what? I'm, I can do my part. I can call you. I can mentor you. But now you've got to do it on your own. You've got to prepare. See, there is a pattern of preparation. And for me, one of the greatest pictures of preparation is in the parable of the prodigal son. Here, Jesus is telling this story about this young man who wishes his father's dead. is dead. He, he takes his inheritance. He goes and he squanders and he lives a crazy life. But the Bible says says as Jesus is telling this story that every day the father would get up and he would look out. The father didn't stay home on his lazy boy. The father would get up every day and he would look out knowing that one day his promise his son was going to come home. He knew that one day he was going to come down that road and every day he got up and every day he he looked until that one day from off in the distance he saw his son coming and what did he do? He turns around to his servant and he says bring me the robe." bring me the chanclas and bring me the ring my son is coming home if you notice he didn't have to tell him which one the servant didn't say which one Abercrunchie or Hollister which one why because the father was prepared for his promise. And so when the promise came, he turned to a servant. He already had the robe and the tunic all planchado, all starched up already. He had already given orders. When my son comes home, you're going to give me this robe. You're going to bring me these sandals and you're going to give me this ring. He was already ready for his promise. And oftentimes our promise is delayed is because we fail to prepare. And there we are just hoping and wishing, worrying and waiting. In fact, Jesus himself, what does he tell us in in John chapter 14, verse 3? He says, I go to what? Prepare. Like if Jesus prepares, what makes you and I think that we don't have to prepare? He says, I go to prepare a place for you. That way when I come back for you, it's already ready. It's prepared. See, this pattern of preparation is a consistent theme throughout Scripture. That's what God is telling us, that if you're going to possess your promise, then you have to prepare. And Jesus himself prepared. In fact, Proverbs 24, 27 says, Do your planning and prepare your fields before building your house. Could you imagine if Noah would have waited for the rain to start coming? You know how long it took him to build the ark? They all would have died. And, and and that's why the, the season of preparation is so hard because you're working, you're toiling, you're 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 sacrificing and nothing's happening. You've got to prepare. And so here Joshua. Being the conduit of God's command he's telling the people, we're about to possess our promise. We're about to cross over. We're about to, to, to grab hold of it. We're about to take it by force. But before we go, we've got to prepare. And see, one of the things that I, I feel like is, is challenging for us is that when we prepare, we don't prepare for change. We don't prepare for change because we, we, we think that, that it's, it's, all, it's always going to be the same way. See, when you're preparing to cross over, when we're in that meantime, in that, that time of transition, one thing that I've come to understand is that God will often change the way he deals with you. And, and the reason is is what got you through the desert season will not sustain you in the promise season what got you through the desert will not sustain you in the possessing season in the promise season and and a lot of people get stuck looking at what was and they fail to notice what is. They they get stuck in an old way. They get stuck in an old mindset. They get stuck in how things used to be. They get stuck in how things are done. You, you, You wouldn't imagine how many times I hear, well, that's not how we did it at our old church. Well, go back to your old church. Those aren't the songs we grew up singing. Well, no. My pastor wore a suit and tie. He was anointed. Let me tell you, only holy pastors can wear holy jeans. Right? But I hear it all the time. And and, and that's the detriment of a religious mindset. We get stuck in the way that God used to do things. We get stuck in how God moved. We get stuck in how God manifested, thinking that's the way that God is always going to do it. In fact, how many different times did Jesus heal the blind? Several times. And you know what? He never did it the same way. Why? Because we're so religious, we would have made it about the formula. We would have made it about, could you imagine? Every time we want to heal the blind, we'd have mud and I'd be spitting up loogies. <laughs> Who wants prayer? Come on up. They'd be like, no, Pastor, COVID. COVID? We would have made it about the formula. But it was never meant to be about the formula. It was meant to be about faith. And so Jesus knew, I can't do it the same way because if I do it the same way every time, they're going to get stuck in the formula. And it was never about to be about the formula. It was about faith, about faith in God's word. It was about faith in God's power. It was about faith in our obedience. And so when we get ready to transition, when we get ready to cross over, we have to prepare for change. And oftentimes, people think that they've got God all figured out. That this is how God does it. That this is this is how God does it. But what I've come to understand, when you least expect it, God will change things on you. So you have to be prepared. Imagine, how many of you guys remember the, the, the story about the paralytic at the Pool of Bethesda? The Bible says that he was there 38 years. And they were there. It was a crowded place of people, all kinds of sickness. Because... The angel of the Lord would descend from time to time, which we know was once a year, and the angel of the Lord would stir the waters, and the first person that would get in would be healed. So that place was full. People waiting for their healing. And who is the angel of the Lord? Do you all know? If you don't, you need to come Thursday to Bible study. The angel of the Lord is Jesus. So Jesus... In his heavenly manifestation, once a year would come and he would stir the waters and only the first person that would get in would be healed. But now what happens in John chapter 11, Jesus is not in heaven. Where is he? Where is he? He's on earth. So what does he do? He shows up like he always shows up, but this time he shows up in a different way. He didn't come as the angel of the Lord now he came in the flesh it's the same power the same God the same person that was through the waters but he came in a different way and what happened the people missed out on their miracle the people missed out on their manifestation because they were looking at the water they made it about the water not about the one that was through the water and Jesus showed up like he always showed up but he came in a different way but the people were waiting for an old move and that's what happens to a lot of churches that's why a lot of churches are are dead is because they're still looking and waiting for the old move the way god used to do it not here but other churches and they're waiting for the water and i imagine jesus showed up he's like hey i'm here guys but this time i came in a different way Because I'm no longer in heaven. I'm in the flesh. I'm here. I'm the same one. And see, more people could have gotten healed, but they were too busy being stuck on the way God used to move that they missed on how God was about to move because it was no longer going to be about performance. It was no longer just going to be the first one. Now it's the dispensation of grace, and everybody has access to the presence and the power of God. But there they were stuck waiting for the water. And Jesus shows up, and they missed it. And see, that's what happens with us in this transition season. You have to realize what God did in the last season doesn't mean he's going to do it in the new season the same way. More than likely, he's going to switch it up. More than likely, he's going going to change. And so here the children of Israel are preparing to cross over. They're preparing to possess, but they're experiencing change. What? A change in leadership From Moses to Joshua. Well, my old pastor, he was really anointed. He wore a suit and tie every Sunday. A lot of times I realize that those that wear suits and ties are really using that to cover up what's really on the inside. And they're, my old pastor, that's not how we used to do it. No. And, and so, they, they, don't you think that Joshua probably had, well, Moses would have never done it that way. Well, I ain't Moses. And they were experiencing not just a change in leadership, but they were also experiencing a change in manifestation. Why? Because in the desert, what would happen? God would send manna from heaven. And the Bible says that they would gather the manna. But now God is telling the people through Joshua, "What do you have to do? You have to prepare your provision. In other words, you got a meal prep. Any meal preppers in the house? Don't lie, y'all. Like, you do it once and post it on fake, fake book, and everybody thinks you do it every week. He is prophetic. So in one season, the manna would fall, and all they had to do was gather." But God is saying, you know what, that's not how it's gonna work in your next season. So I've got to prepare you because there's a change in manifestation. No longer are you gonna are you going to gather it. Now you have to prepare it. You have to prepare. You have to prepare for what you're going. It's not gonna work the same way in the promised land as it did in the desert. Number three. Another principle of of, of preparation is that you have to remember the promise while you prepare. See, the enemy will often, like I said, will try to distract and bring discouragement so he can bring disconnection. Why? Because he knows in, the, in, in that season of transition, in the, in, in the prepping time, that, that's when it's hard. It's so easy to get discouraged. Why? Because you're doing a lot of working, but you're not advancing. Imagine for years there was Noah cutting and chopping wood with his sons. There he was chopping wood, gathering wood and building. And his and his homeboys would show up and say, oh, it looks like it's gonna rain today. Not. Nah. Yeah, it's probably gonna rain. They had never seen rain before. And there he was chopping and preparing, chopping and preparing. Don't you think that he was being mocked? He was probably being made fun of. He was being ridiculed. And no rain year after year after year after year after year. There he was preparing. And oftentimes when we're in the prepping season, it's so easily to get distracted. It's so easy easily to lose focus. We we stop focusing on the problem instead of the promise. We, we stop. Why? Because we're working, we're toiling, we have sacrifice, sweat, and tears, but it seems like nothing is moving, nothing's advancing. But you've got to understand the season you're in. You're just preparing. So you have to remember why you are preparing, and you have to remember what. You are preparing for That's why Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, 12 through 13, this is what he tells the people. Then Joshua called together the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. And he told them, remember what Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you. The Lord your God is giving you a place of rest. He has given you this land. In other words, you have to remember the promise. Every day you got to remember what you're working for. When it looks like everything's going downhill, it looks like things aren't working out, it looks like things are going bad to worse, you've got to remind yourself of the promise. You've got to remind yourself, of yourself, well, while you're prepping and you're working and you're sacrificing and you're, you have tears and sweat and you're there and it seems like nothing's going forward, like nothing's advancing, you've got to remind yourself of the promise. Why are you preparing? Many years here we were in a living room for 10 months, prepping, working, believing. I know, knowing that God promised me that we were going to build an amazing church in this city of at least a thousand people. How many believe that we can have a church of a thousand people? But let me tell you, it's not always it's easy to see it now. Y'all, y'all got it easy. But ask us OGs. Well, we were stuck at 20, 30, and 40. And we'd get to 40 and 50, and then we'd go back to 20, 30, and 40. 20 and 30 and 40, and then 50, 60, 80, and then we get the pandemic. And we're shut down. I remember we were at the storefront in Del Rio Boulevard and we had already maxed out capacity. We had like 20 kids. Y'all have a lot of kids. man. Y'all need to get a TV, cable or something. Netflix and chill, but y'all got a lot of kids. I don't know why we don't have that problem in Del Rio, but we do here at Eagle Pass. And we had like 20 kids in, in in this little tiny room, 80 people, just like we have chairs here sometimes all the way to the back. That's how we were. And then all of a sudden the pandemic happens. And we're shut down. I'm doing my thing online. And I knew that we needed a bigger place. I thought, man, there's no way. We started looking and looking and looking. And and understand that we were not, we were not like this thing was shut down just online. And we had the opportunity to rent this building. Now understand that we were about to go from paying $1,000 a month to $5,000 a month in rent without having church. Not knowing when we'd open our doors if people would even come back. It took faith. It was not easy. And for three months, we paid $5,000 a month without having one service in here. And I was praying, God, please let the people come back. Don't let them go back to their old church. I'll wear a tie, I promise. Not really, I wouldn't do it. But there we were. It was a tough season. It was a transition. Not knowing what was going to happen, not knowing. But I felt in my heart that God said, you've got to prepare for what's coming. So I talked with the leadership. No, pastor, do it. God is with us. i like, easy for you to say. And I remember our first Sunday here, we had 77 people, including kids and adults. Not everybody came back that first Sunday. I said, okay, God, I think we can do this. think what we shut down again for a couple of weeks and then we opened up and here we are two years later look at what god has done now we have an overflow creating neck pains
1: Y'all need to get here
0: early, y'all. Levántese (laughs) de la cama. But this is what God does. And I say that, that the prepping season is not easy. It takes a lot of faith because you're doing a lot of working and not doing a lot of seeing. But I tell you again that you will only possess what you've prepared for. And you've got to understand the season you're in. You're in prepping season. And when you're in prepping season, you don't have time to worry about what other people are doing, what other people are thinking. You don't have time. People tell me all the time, Pastor, did you see this church? Did you see that church? That church you came from? I said, I don't have time to be trolling people on Facebook and instagram I'm too busy prepping. I'm too busy working. I don't have time to listen. Pastor, you know what they're saying about you? Do You know what they're saying about the church? I I don't care i don't have time i'm too busy prepping because i'm about to possess my promise i'm about to cross over i'm about to step into what i've been dreaming about and praying for and believing for and that's what happens a lot of times we get caught up in where we've been see when you're preparing. You're so focused on where you're going that you don't have time to be looking back at where you've been. See, the enemy loves to bring up your past. Your past failures. Your past mistakes. Your past misfortunes. Why? Because it makes you look back and once you look back, you lose sight of where you're going. You get distracted. You get discouraged and then you get disconnected. But let me tell you, I'm too busy preparing, looking forward to be looking back. I don't have time for that. I've got to get to work. So if you are preparing because you're still looking back, looking back on how they treated you, looking back on how they did you, when you look back, all you are is reliving those painful experiences. It's time to let them go. It's time to get unstuck. It's time to shake it off and say, I'm no longer looking back. I'm about to possess my promise and if I'm prepping, if I'm preparing, I don't have time to care what they say. I don't have time to care what the haters say. I've got a place to be. I'm about to possess my promise. It's time to let them go. Go. Forget the haters. Don't waste any more time on what they did, what they said, how they treated you, how they hurt you. Yes, I know it was painful. Yes, I know it hurts. But the enemy is using you. Using that to keep you stuck and not moving forward. And God is saying, I've got the promise ready for you to possess. I just need you to start preparing now. The most tragic thing would be for us to go through 2023 and never take hold of the promise that God has for us this year. And I'm telling you right now, I'm not going to lose it. I'm not going to miss it. I'm going to take it by will you stand with me give the lord a hand clap of praise lord wherever we're at today whatever you're going through whatever you're facing i want you to know that you're gonna make it but you've got to quit looking back you've got to quit looking back don't 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 get stuck don't get stuck It's time to prepare. So whatever it is that you've got to do to prepare, whatever you have to do to prepare, get to work, do it. Don't put it off. Whatever it is that God is telling you to do, let me tell you, it's worth it so that you can possess your promise. Lord, I thank you for this word. We give you the honor and we give you the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for joining us and a special thanks to those who have given to support this ministry without you none of this is possible if you like this podcast please like and subscribe and share it on social media thank you for listening god bless you